0: To know you so intimately in person, that our lives be woven together with you in such a oneness, such a oneness, that even as Jesus prayed for us, that we would be one, even as He and you are one, that we wait on you in that place. Of intertwining ourselves together. For you do not grow weary, you do not grow faint. And you declare that as we wait and are joined and intertwined with you, that our strength will be renewed. That we'll run and not grow weary. That we'll walk and not faint. We thank you for strength for each one for this day strength in our inner man by the Spirit of God. That we'd be rooted and grounded in your love like never before. Established in knowing your love for us, able to reciprocate that love. And in that being so joined together that we know and we discern things. We're able to approve things that are excellent, things that you approve of. That in that depth of relationship, we begin to bring forth fruit of that relationship, evidence that we're joined to you. We have wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are and what you've called us to do. So Holy Spirit, we ask you for utterance today. We ask you for eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to us. We might grasp some things concerning the rhythms of our life and daily activity that you want to be involved in. For all you'll say to us, all you'll do, we give you the glory and the honor. Thank you, Lord, for opening that ear, that right ear, to hear in the natural. Thank you, Lord. Just seemed like it stopped up, but in one simple move, opening, hearing clearly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you thanksgiving for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and in every life in Jesus name we pray. And everyone who agreed said, amen. 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 Good morning church. Why don't you look at somebody next? You say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you can be seated. Just want to remind you uh, men once again of the men's conferences coming up uh, July 14th and 15th. Go on to the app. Register for that. Invite some men to come. We're going to have an awesome time with Addison Bevere. Uh, It's going to be a great, great time. I want to dive into our message today. Uh, We have limited time. I went a little bit longer on the offering. And uh, I just want to get to this. We're in the middle of a series called uh, God Help Me. And the whole basis of this series, we may have started off just a little bit slow running into it. uh, but really, uh, the essence of this that we want to get to and to understand is, is really uh, how much God has really done for us already uh, to help us in our life and to recognize the helper and who he is and really to bring that about. And so one of our foundational texts, Psalms 121, starting verse 1, this is from the uh, Passion Translation, it says, I look up to the mountains and hills longing for God's help, longing for God's help. But then I realized that our true help and protection comes only from the Lord, our creator, who made the heavens and the earth. He will guard and guide me, never letting me stumble or fall. God is my keeper. He will never forget nor ignore me again, highlight that today. I just want to uh, look at some things that says, I will never stumble or fall. As we've looked at this uh, particular scripture, we've read over different ones. It seems amazing where we look at the number of scriptures that God says, I don't want you to stumble through life. I don't want you stumbling. And so 2 Peter, he's talked about some attributes that we add to our faith. 2 Peter chapter one, he said, listen, everything that God has for you that pertains to life and godliness, he's already given to you. He's given by the blood of Jesus. He's done everything. He he had the Holy Spirit breathe upon men to write the word of God down. He put gifts in men to bring it to you. He's done everything to get to us what we need that pertains to life and godliness. It comes through the knowledge of him. He's given us what we need for the knowledge of him that we might have faith in what Jesus Christ did. He says, so then add to your faith or within your faith in what Jesus has done for you, add virtue to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control to self-control control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. In other words, he says there's attributes that will help you move through the rhythms of life. Life changes, but these attributes will remain the same, and there are systems, there, there are things that you implement in your life that whatever comes, there's a situation, there are things that go on right? Throughout the Bible, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the gentleness, the meekness. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit or manifestations of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. He goes on to those things. And we look at those things and we start to focus. But he says, I've given you all the things that you need inwardly to to, to grow, inwardly to see, uh, uh, things to deal with how life comes and how life changes, that they're developing on the inside of you, that they might come outward towards you to help other people. He says they're there. We can look at those. We can study those and still look and say, I'm stumbling through life. But he said, if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, whoever lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and forgets that he was cleansed from his old sin. In other words, without developing these things, without understanding the development of these things, you'll forget what God did for you, and you'll return to your old way of life. Because you forgot. You didn't keep in the forefront of your thinking. You didn't develop what Jesus has done for you. And so often we have that. We have what we call a backslidden condition because we forgot that was already all taken care of. I ran into difficulty. I ran into uh, things in life that, that really I didn't understand or, or that troubled me or that challenged my faith. And so I went back because I forgot all that moved me to this place. I'll go back to what's comfortable. He said, don't be short-sighted daily, but see what God is doing through the processes or the rhythms of life to develop so that you know that all of these things that he's done for you in Christ Jesus empower you no matter what comes, no matter what comes. He's empowering you no matter what comes. So we said that earlier, uh, you know, there's different kinds of help. Somebody doing it all for you and then somebody walking with you and empowering you to do it, yeah, right? So he says, yeah, but if you uh, do these things, you'll never stumble. Right. You'll never stumble. Wow. So as I'm meditating on this, looking at this, I'm like, you know, it just seems like right now, there's an excitement about what's going on, but there seems to be stumbling that's going on. People seem to be stumbling our hearts are good. We've heard what the prophecies, but things come and we seem to stumble. And then we start to look at our, our stumbling and we start to go back through the A, B and C steps of it and say, I think I have this right. I don't understand why I'm stumbling. And so, uh, you know, I begin to pray about it. So what's going on? And this is what came up big on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit said, I'm looking to help each one. But I can't get them to follow me. I can't get them to follow me. Hmm. I said, no, wait a minute. They're good, we're good, hearted people. We're doing our best. We're reading the word to follow you. So let's just go on here a little bit. I'll try to tie this together. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking up here because I'm not sure exactly where I'm going. I think I am, but it makes me nervous. John the 14th chapter, the 10th verse, listen to this. He said, do you, uh, Philip has just said, show us the Father. And he said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me, for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father and whatever you ask in my name I will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask anything in my name I will do it. Jesus just said he said look at look at how I'm walking through life look at how I'm handling look at what I'm doing in life. And you may look and say, how could I do that? He says, but it's not me outwardly that does it. It's the Father in me or the Holy Spirit in me that's doing the work. He's working in me and it's working something outward. And he says, if you believe in me, the works that I do, greater works than these will you do also. Well, how am I going to do these works that he did in greater works is understanding that the same one in him doing the works has to be the same one in me doing the works not me trying to do the work. Because Jesus didn't even try to do the work in his natural being. He said, I'm not the outward man that you see out here doing the work is not doing the work. It's the inward spirit in me that's doing the work. So there's a divine cooperation going on to see how we live in that rhythm of life, right? So he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I'll pray The father, he says, if you love me and you want to do the works that I do, if you want to live this life that I've ordained for you to live, he said, once you get that, you fall in love with me and say, let's do it your way. He said, I will pray the father. He's going to give you the helper. The same one that's helping me, the same one that is doing the work in me, he's going to come and start to do the work in you. He's going to help you. He's going to be your paraclete. He's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your consoler, right? We got all kinds of people that we're going to, and there's a supernatural one living on the inside. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about the outside, but God says, I want you to know the one on the inside so great that you'll be one helping people from the outside, not having to go... That's no bad slam. It's just better to know the counselor who knows everything. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. He knows what's been done to you. He knows your husband. He knows your wife. He knows your kids. He knows your employer. He knows where you're supposed to be going. And he knows where you are going. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about everybody who you're going to deal with. He knows everything about God's plan for your life. He knows everything. And he lives on the inside of you. And he knows the trouble that you're coming into and the trouble that you've been in. And he's a consoler. He's not just saying, come on. He says, I understand. I've been there. But let's get up and let's get going. No reason to stay here when there's a future and a hope for you. He's the one. He's called alongside, he's called right there to intertwine with us. He's the one who takes a hold together with, against every situation. He's got a hold, not by himself, he's got a hold together with us of every situation of our life that the enemy's come to get into. He says, I'm right there, and if you let me, we'll grab a hold of this together. Against the strategy of the enemy. And when you understand that, and when you know that, and when we can flow with that, and when we can follow him in that, we will come out on victory's side. You will come out on victory's side. So come on, just listen to a few things. This whole thing about God help me. The only way he said that he's gonna help you in this is he sent the helper, the Holy Spirit. When we cry out for help, it's not in the mountains. It's not in how loud we cry. Or how much we cry. It's in knowing the helper, intimately and personally, the one who can help us. It's getting to know him and understand him because it's powerful. Romans, the eighth chapter, starting in the ninth verse, it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, how many of the spirit of God dwells in you? Come on. He says, we're not in the flesh. We're in the spirit. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells within you. In other words, all of a sudden there's going to be a regeneration, a rejuvenation, a re-energizing, right? Where sin has wore you down, it's condemned you, it's beat you up. The old life dominated by the flesh, led by the sinful nature, he said that's broken now and all of us, you know, that'll wear you down. That'll bring guilt and shame. It'll mess up your head. It'll mess up your emotions. It'll mess up everything that God created to be fine and good. He said, but when the spirit of God comes in, you're no longer led by that old nature. You're no longer governed by that old nature bringing you down. There's a new pep to your step. There's a new glide to your stride. There's a new life within energy, with outlook, with hope, with splendor, with color to it. It's no longer looking at life, waking up and going, this is black and white, same old, same old. It gets color to it. He starts to wipe a paintbrush across it and say, listen, there's something there for a future and a hope. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you're with. Listen, when you come to this point, you don't dance with the one who brung you. It's time to get a new partner. It's time to get a new partner. Therefore, brethren, you are not debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Come on, live. Not stumble through life, live. Live. This is what he says, live. Live. (laughs) Praise the Lord. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the spirit, you'll live. For as many as are led. Somebody say led. led. As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit, we're children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So what are you talking about? He said, listen, there was an old nature that used to govern your life. Now there's a new nature. He said, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God. Yet the Spirit of God says, I'm having trouble People are stumbling because I'm having trouble getting people to follow, getting people to follow. So I said, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? Seems like we're following. We're coming. We're listening. People are dedicated. They're committed to life. They're committed to the word. What do you mean? So he showed me some things. John, stand up. Do you trust me? Yes, sir. You trust me. All right, follow me. All right. Not into the dark. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wasn't meaning to lead you in the dark, but I'm sure we're going to get into the light pretty soon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, this is how we imagine, right? If we're not careful, we imagine we're following Jesus. He may lead us into some weird places, some different things. I said, we're following. Jesus, we're following. He said, no, that's not, 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 there's a different kind of leading and following. So I said, well, show me. So he said, I'll show you. So. Oh, boy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're actually pretty good. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. He did pretty good. (laughs) But you see, he started talking to me. He said, there's a different kind of following. So you could just call this the gospel according to ballroom dancing. (laughs) You could say it like Jesus. Jesus may say it like this. Now, listen, if you're brought up in a denomination, you think now I've gone to blasphemy because dancing is sin. But hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Sometimes we go out of here and then, you know, I, I preach messages. I'm around family and stuff, and then we'll, we'll kind of off the cuff make jokes about it, which is fine, except for I believe the Spirit of God wants to share something with us that's incredibly, incredibly important. So the reason he shared that I'm not am not a big dancer I'm not a good dancer but at different times you know we were, we've been at different events where you know we were on a cruise one time and they had, had dancing lessons and so you know we get to uh, we decide we're going to go and one of the most difficult things was to get to that place and to lead find out who's going to lead and who's going to follow who's going to lead and who's going to follow. And so, you know, we would get started and and we would stumble over each other and the instructor would say, now you have to lead, she has to follow. And there was always a little laughter to that. (laughs) Right. And because they would share the steps, if I would take a step and it wasn't where Tasha thought we were, no, 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 you have to do this. So all of a sudden her thought of the steps and my thought of the steps were different and it created a stumbling or it created a pull against one another. Now listen, if it was just her there, and I said, follow me, and there's a distance, but he doesn't want a distance between us as we're following, right? And so some of you understand this, you know, uh, Brackett and Wayne, they can really cut a rug. I've watched them dance. They can really, they, they can really lead, and, and they can move. But if they don't have somebody to follow, the dance is gonna look odd. And we begin to get to that point. And so I started to, to just look up a few things because this was striking me as odd uh, that the Holy Spirit would use this with me. Because I understood what it meant sometimes when we did that, but how do, how do I explain that to people? So I'm just going to read some things about this ballroom dancing. And uh, I just want you to get what the Spirit of God is saying because He wants us to move in the rhythms of life with Him. But He has to lead and we have to follow. And not him lead and say when you get out there i'll decide. But if you watch those ballroom dancers when they pull in they move as one. They're brought together. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 says now where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Other translations say where the spirit is allowed to be Lord or where the spirit is allowed to lead or be master, there's liberty, there's freedom. He says, as we behold as in a mirror, when you're standing there to dance, you behold as in a mirror. And the whole idea is that you begin to make contact and understand. And the leader begins to flow, and the other one melds into that flow. And when you watch them, they flow through the rhythms of the music as one. And when we begin to understand... And yield to the spirit of God. We begin to flow through the rhythms of life. The difficulties. The change in beat. The change in rhythm. We can move carefully. Because he knows how to lead to that beat. To that rhythm. We don't. So listen to this. said so the most difficult thing to master in ballroom dance. Salsa tango Swing or any other kind of partner dancing is not the steps. It's interacting with your partner. It's interacting with your partner. So we take time. We take time to know the steps, to learn the thing. Love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness. I got to get that down. Put on the old, uh, you know, take off the old, put on the new. How do I have to respond? What what are the the steps in life? What What are the routines that I have to go through? My Bible study, all that. We get all the steps down. But the steps aren't the most difficult part. It's how do we interact with our partner, the Holy Spirit. Some people, because they have been taught, they don't interact with him at all. They just got saved and he lives in me. They have no idea. Because we haven't been taught, but you've been taught. Holy Spirit lives in you. There's amazing things he wants to do. The works that Jesus did by the one that dwelt in him, he wants us to do also, but not of our own strength, not just through the steps, but by the one who does the works, Leading and following is the secret to getting two partners dancing smoothly together. It's simply impossible for two people dancing in close contact to move seamlessly if each person makes their own decisions, chooses their own timing, and does their steps independently. They must coordinate their moves perfectly, and the only way to achieve that is for one person to direct the moves and the other to follow. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to move seamless as one with me, but you have to let me lead, and you have to learn how to follow because it's impossible to move seamlessly together. And decide on your own timing, your own moves, and your own way. Mm. Who'd have thunk the kingdom of God lives like ballroom dancing? Don't shut me down now. Says dances like tango, salsa, swing, ballroom are first and foremost social dances. On stage or learning specific choreography, you learn and and you and your partner know exactly what steps to dance so you can practice together until you're perfectly in sync. In social dancing, there's no set routine. In other words, we can get perfect, we can get ready for church and be perfect. But in the social day-to-day life, there can't be any routine because the situations of life always change. So he said in social dancing, the music changes, the rhythm changes, right? If you're just doing it as a performance, you can practice and get it perfect. But when you got to do it in day-to-day life, the rhythms change, the beat changes. The, dancer impro- uh, the dancers improvise their steps according to the music being played. Come on, you may wake up tomorrow morning and the music being played is like, whoo! It's Monday, baby. Things are going good. Or you may wake up and it may be slow dancing, sway into the music. It might be Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. There's bills to pay. But whatever the rhythm. Because it's in the moment. The Holy Spirit knows what time it is. He knows what step to take and what move to make. He just needs us to follow. Oh, man. Obviously... If both partners tried to do that, it would be a recipe for chaos. It makes sense to appoint one person to decide what the steps will be, and the other person follows this concept of lead and follow. Who leads? Question. In a partner dance, one partner is facing forward while the other has their back to the direction of travel. Obviously, the person who should lead is the person who can see where they're going. That is, in fact, the rule. Huh? Since the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, I think he must see forward. So he should be the leader in the lead and follow. So this is, this is the part right here, <laughs> it says how to follow, how to follow. What's confusing is that you go to class and you learn the routine. So when it comes to practicing them with a partner, why not dance the steps exactly as you've learned them? So we come to church, we learn the routine, we learn what to say, we learn what to confess, we learn how to act. And so what's the problem with just doing it exactly like we learned to do it? Because the rhythm changes, the song changes, the moves change, and that's what we struggle with. We're like, I'm doing it exactly, I confessed it in the same exact number of times as Brother Hagan did. I did exactly what I heard somebody else did. I have it just down perfect. The problem is, is those principles are true, but they need to be applied in a certain situation. to a certain song, a certain way of life. The reason is that as you progress, you'll learn that partner dancing isn't about set routines. Routines are just a way to teach you the individual steps and get you used to how they combine in different ways. So routines aren't bad. They teach you the combination, how to put things together, how to gain an understanding of what's going on, right? You have to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I know some people are like, thank God, no routine. No, it didn't say no routine. It said routines are good to learn how to put it all together, how to understand how these things work together so when life comes, you know what the routines are, but you're not locked to the routine. I should read farther and then I'll know where I get off. When you go social dancing, you'll be dancing with the partner who, uh, you'll be dancing with partners who haven't learned the same routines as you and may put the steps together in a completely different order. So somebody says, I know how to do that, but they've learned just a little different. So you have to follow the leader. That's why it's important to get used to following right from the start. Even when you know the routine because learning to allow your partner to lead isn't easy. Come on, true. Come on. Come on, we learned all the steps. I got it now, Holy Ghost. My timing, my moves. Because Holy Ghost, have you seen my moves? I've got some moves. Holy Spirit says, your moves aren't in the right timing. Listen to this. If you don't practice it constantly you won't be able to switch it. You won't be able to switch it on suddenly when you need it. A lot of people go through everyday life not paying any attention to the Holy Spirit, and then something happens. It's like, Holy Spirit, I need you. Lead me. I need you. But he said, I want to lead you every single day. Practice this every day. Practice listening. Practice following. Practice sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Practice. 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 Practice his presence. Practice getting used to, I don't want to do that. Do it anyway. I don't have time to do that. Stop, make time. There's those things that are going on that's still small voice. Okay, I got to finish. If you're following correctly, you won't take a step until your partner tells you to. Listen to this. He may do that by pressure with his hand, by shifting his weight, or even by making a hand signal. But whatever the signal is, you must follow it instantly. Practice, and you'll be able to respond in a split second, so fast that your audience won't even notice any delay. Come on. Practice it. Well, if you just tell me, he is telling you. Come on. By a little nudge here, mm-hmm. yeah. a little signal there, a little inward there. Okay, this is something about leading. Just We're, we're closing. When you lead, it means this. Using just enough pressure to give a signal, but not so much that you're pushing your partner around. If you're using force to move your partner, you're doing it wrong. See, we're waiting for the Holy Spirit to push us around, but He's not that kind of leader. So, when Elijah was sitting there going, I need to know the next step, God, he's in a cave, hiding out. God comes by, and all of a sudden there's a, a big storm. It says, God wasn't in the storm. So, there's an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. There was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And then there was a still small voice. And he heard it, and then the Lord said, The Lord said, He was in a great deal of consternation in his own life. What's going on? It seems like I'm the only one left, and nobody else is serving. And I'm God, I've done my part, I've done, I've done the steps necessary. What's left to do? And He's looking for is it, is it in a big storm? Is it in the fire? What is it? And God came in a still small voice and he started to instruct him and he said now here's what you're going to do you're going to go down and you're going to anoint the priest the king and the prophet that will succeed you rhythms of life are about to change but you're going to flow with me to set up the future I have to be honest with you. I never thought I would preach a message. The kingdom of God is like ballroom dancing. But I believe the spirit of God showed me this. Because we're moving through life and we're saying it's it's a turning point. Watershed moments. But then you know you hear, well, it's not happening for me. People are stumbling in situations of life. And they're trying hard. They're trying. I I know the steps. I'm doing the right steps. I know I'm doing the right steps. What's wrong? And I was praying for you. I was praying for situations of our life. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm telling you, again, just so you hear it, So that you can relate those and not just go out and go, he's talking about dancing. I'm not talking about dancing. I'm talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. But there's a uniqueness. It's not like I'm behind him trying to follow him. No, we behold is in a mirror. Face to face. As we begin to allow him to lead, he pulls us into himself. You should go and watch a little bit. It's pretty amazing how they start. There's a little gap, but all of a sudden, they're flowing as one. It's beautiful in the rhythms, but they've learned to follow. Why are we stumbling, he said, because I can't get my people to follow me. So what do you mean? We're coming. We're looking at the word. We're getting the steps right. I know. And that's necessary. But once you have that. You need to follow. And I will lead you. Through every rhythm of life. That comes your way. And we will seamlessly go through it together. Won't you stand up with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. so good Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us each one. Teach us to be more sensitive to that little pressure. That little different move. us near into yourself that we would experience that oneness you in us and us in you that we might experience it's not us who do the work but you in us we'd be sensitive in a situation to love and that's necessary to allow peace joy. But when you say speak, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge will come. When you say stretch forth my hand, gifts of healings and miracles when you open our eyes we discern the spirits at work different steps different aspects but you leading as you will help us with the difficulty of our trust help us with the difficulty of our stubbornness and our pride that we want to pull away we want you to follow us Let's see where that breaks us apart. but We allow you to lead for you're the one looking forward. You know our future. Thanks for loving us. You're so good. Ministry each one. Somebody says, how am I going to do this? Just practice. You got to give way to him. When you give way to him in practice and you know it went as smooth as it could be, you'll learn. When you think that's the wrong direction and you go your own, you trip over your own feet. You'll learn. <coughs> practice, 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 so that when the time comes, we can respond in an instant. And oh, the glory oh the splendor oh how life will become colorful once again father we pray over these prayer claws right now In the name of Jesus. We're so thankful for the anointing. So many things going on. In the bodies of individuals. It's not right. Flow of healing anointing we might flow with you in that healing anointing. Move with you. Pray over these cloths that the anointing would saturate them. When they're brought to the bodies of those who are sick and ailing God, the anointing destroys the very root cause any sickness, any disease of any type. Give strength to the mortal body by the Spirit of God. The anointing of God. Bringing a healing and a cure. Working in every heart and every life. Those in this room who are struggling in their body. Right now. By your spirit. We thank you. For healing these bodies. We pray right now in agreement. With Michael and Anita's church. As they're anointing her with oil today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We agree with your word. That says as the elders anoint with oil prayer of faith saves the sick yes, I agree the miracle working power is released into her body to raise her up yes. miraculously hope we thank you we thank you God we curse MS in the name of Jesus commanded to stop in any progression and recede miraculously recede Be healed, curse cancer, life of God, destroying every form of death, bringing life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. If you need prayer for anything, there'll be altar workers up here to pray with you. Poof, <clears throat> you just want to stay. It's a good presence of God here. But we have to transition somehow. Take it with you. He's not limited to a place. You need prayer for anything if you haven't met this person of the Holy Spirit. You're like, wow, what is that all about? It's about being born again. Accepting Jesus Christ, believing him into your heart. Believing that he died for you. Making him Lord of your life, the lead, the master. Asking him into your heart. Change your life forever. Forever. Say, I don't know about that. Come up, just tell them. Never accepted Jesus. They'll pray with you to be the best day of your life. Say so this, we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? What God did in Christ Jesus far, exceeds. far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. Mm-mm, mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.